Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Four Friends in a Book Podcast. My name is Chris Colston, and I'm here with my friends Isaiah Toops, Kimberly Lake, The Real Reed, and this book, <laughs> Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. So if you're new to the channel, Four Friends in a Book is our monthly podcast series where we have a discussion centered around a book that we're reading together. I um, mean, we meet here for the discussion of that book. And also just talk about things that may or may not relate to it. And of course, at the end, we hit you guys with these rants from Mr. Rant Man himself, Mr. Isaiah Too. So check this out. We are in season four of Four Friends in the Book Podcast. So if you're new, if you're not familiar, definitely go back, check out seasons one, two, three, and continue with us on season four as we start this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, of just reading books and having good conversation and discussion. So, yeah, book for this month. We're in this autobiography genre, like I mentioned before, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. And just to kick it off, let me read a quick excerpt of the book to kind of set the tone for what this book is about. So, um, again, we know Trevor Noah, comedian, daily show, but in this book, he kind of this gives his life journey of growing up in South Africa. And so a quick excerpt. On February 20th, 1984, my mother checked into the Hillborough Hospital for a scheduled C-section delivery. The doctor took her up to the delivery room, cut open her belly, reached in and pulled out a half white, half black child who violated any number of laws, statutes, and regulations. I was born a crime. And so this is kind of the whole premise of this book. Um, Trevor Noah discussing his life of growing up in South Africa during the apartheid time period. And so, um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's unpack, let's discuss, let's talk about this book, Born a Crime, <clears throat> Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. So first question, y'all yeah, know what it is. How did you feel about this book? Where did it make you feel? And if you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, what would that be? And I'm gonna come to Miss Kimberly Lake over here to kick this review off, kick us off for season four, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. What did you think about this book? I really enjoyed the book. I am a fan of Trevor Noah. I like The Daily Show and all that kind of stuff. So I was already a fan going into the book. So I listened to it on Audible. I thought it was a really great memoir. He talked about his whole entire life. And the interesting thing about his memoir is that the subject matter of his book is super heavy. Like he's talking about domestic violence, racism, poverty, all this stuff. But his tone is so light. So when you read the book, it doesn't feel as like heavy, like or depressing. Cause I was even laughing at some parts. I'm like, dang, this this book is it's like his stories in the book are crazy. But because of the way he told it, it had like a light heart heartedness to it. So I enjoyed the book. Um, I would re- recommend it to anybody. And I would rate it on a scale of one to ten. I would just, I would give it um here I go with the halves. I give it an eight point five. <laughs> Okay, mm. yeah, we're starting the year off with these half skills. All right, so I got an 8.5 from Miss Kimberly Lake. Coming to my good brother Isaiah Toots, man. What's up? What did you think about this book? Well, first, guys, welcome to season four of Four Friends in a Book. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I went into this book. I didn't really know a lot about Trevor Noah. I didn't know a lot of his story. I never really watched the Today Show. So I went into a, like a blank slate. So, you know, with this book, Born to Cry, you know, it takes you into his life of growing up into South Africa during apartheid. You know, he's biracial. His mom is black. His dad is white, and which was actually against the law then. You know, Trevor Noah, even though he brought his story to life, ultimately, I thought the book was more about his mother, you know, who was the actual the main character. She was the MVP of this book. You know, he shared his experience of living the through this divided society, facing racism, facing poverty, and a lot of challenges that he had, especially growing up, you know, going back and forth with his mom, his dad, and his grandmother as well, too. And what makes this book stand out is, like Kim said earlier, what well, is humor in this book. Like, even through the dark times, he makes you laugh, makes you think that you're actually in the room with this book. And it, most importantly, he actually makes you think and think outside the box. This was actually a good read. This book was actually entertaining. It educated me, and it gives you a glimpse of to the world that most of us did not know, especially on my behalf. And I actually rate this book an eight. Okay. Got an 8.5 and an eight so far. All right. Well, girl, Aria, what's up? Come on, bring us on in. Think about this book. Uh, I'm a little bit of everybody in there. I, I love Trevor Noah. I love his, uh, and I came in like him. I was a fan before the book um, mm -hmm. because his sarcasm when he's He's a comedian <laughs> and he's able to tell stories really well, mm -hmm. um, like politics, all that. He knows how to, he's almost like a David, uh, a junior Dave Chappelle <laughs> because he talks so sarcastically about heavy topics. And you're like, you're right, but it's hilarious. And I feel like he gave us that in this mm -hmm. book. I mean, I felt like I was watching a movie, listening to him on Audible, mm -hmm. talk about the different instances I felt very um, ignorant to South Africa's plight at the time, because if mm -hmm. you talk to him, to me, it sounds more like the civil rights era in the 60s and 50s, mm -hmm. but he was born in the 80s, so he was mm -hmm. around my age, and I'm like, I can't imagine mm -hmm. being a mixed kid in South Africa, and the way he talks about it, I'm like, oh my God, this is like segregation, like mm -hmm. back in the day, so um Anyway, like I said, I just felt kind of ignorant to the whole apartheid thing. I knew about it, but to hear somebody's stories in the way that he talked about it and the tribes and the different languages, his ADHD, his high school experiences, like it was just a lot, but it was good mm -hmm. and it was heavy <laughs> all at the same time. So I felt like I got an educational um, story about a lot of things and then his life, his mom, it, it was good. I mm -hmm. really, really enjoyed it. And you all know mm -hmm. it didn't take much for me to like a book. This is a <laughs> nine for me. This is this is a nine. This was a great book. Okay. So we got an 8.5, an 8, and a 9 for Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys completely. Um, I think we all just know and, and love Trevor Noah for how he can convey information especially being on The Daily Show. Um, you know, of course, his, his stand-up comedy. Um, and it, it really resonated within his book. He was able to talk about some very serious topics. Um, like I said, apartheid. I mean, like like Larry just mentioned, I mean, that was kind of the equivalent of kind of the civil rights movement here in the U.S., but just on a different level in South Africa. Um, domestic violence, the Bruce. Um, his struggles of being a biracial child, as Isaiah mentioned, just a lot going on 
within his upbringing, but he was able to make it kind of lighthearted. It was very entertaining. I was definitely drawn in uh, throughout his, his overall story. Um, look, you know your boy think he's African anyway. I've, I've been to South Africa, <laughs> so I can definitely relate to that part. Um, I've been to Johannesburg. I've been to his his, his uh, hometownship of Soweto. So I definitely was connected with that piece of it as well. I, I just really enjoyed the story. It was a lot. It was deep. But he definitely has a way of kind of making it light and, and easy to swallow. So I'm going to give him a 10. I'm going to give him a 10. I'm going to step out there, man. I really enjoyed this book. I think it was a good <laughs> kickoff for this season you know we always try to start off with an autobiography and uh yeah i mean i really i really enjoyed this book i listened on audible as well and it was uh so trevor noah kind of narrated the story and I, again just his genius as far as a storyteller was very poignant within this book and him kind of reading and telling his story so um i thoroughly enjoyed it and it's kind of funny you mentioned it so there's been talk in discussion about this book actually becoming a movie um i'm not sure where that is but there was a notion at some point that this was going to be going to the big screen and lapita was supposed to play his mother uh character in the movie so still hopeful that that may come to fruition you know we had to see i guess the jury's still out on that but uh yeah definitely a good book all right, so let's, let's dig a little deeper. So you guys have kind of touched on it already, um, even with your breakdown and assessment of the book. I mean, there was a lot of topics. I mean, again, apartheid alone was enough. I mean, it's just their, their structured segregation of South Africa. I mean, you had black, whites, and coloreds, and none of them were allowed to be together. Literally, him being a biracial child was against the law at that time, and he kind of goes through his his journey of you know not even being able to be outside because he could potentially be taken by the government for being biracial in a in a, in a black community so you know we talked about you know his teenage love and crushes and being awkward um domestic violence poverty look they was eating caterpillars at one point like for dinner so i mean he goes into a whole bunch um, throughout his story, telling us his journey of just growing up in South Africa and his childhood. Um, so did you guys have any particular stories or moments that really just kind of stood out to you? Anything that was very memorable as he was kind of giving his, his life story, his life story and journey as you were reading his book, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. All right, so coming to my brother Isaiah on this next question, man, did you have a, a, a moment or a memorable part of this book that really stood out to you as you were reading Born a Crime by Trevor Noah? Well, something that actually stood out to me is like towards the end of the book when his mom got shot. Um, you know, that I, I like how he actually explained it and he explained it from the point of the view of him getting the information from his brother, especially when, if you believe in a higher power, you realize that the miracle that she actually had, that the bullet went straight through it and not touching the arteries. And for her to go to work back in seven days after being shot in the back of the head and going through the, through the front of your face, I think that was 
Awesome. Like if, if, if you didn't believe it, it makes you believe that then. But for me, mine is not really much based on that moment. It's just based on the story and the love and the admiration that he has for his mom. You know, Trevor mom to him was his teammate in life because she just actually served so many foundations in his life. And, and far as like, she was the foundation of where he got all his accomplishments from. She taught him how to think independently, also how to be inspired and pursue uh, success beyond what you can actually imagine. And, you know, she encouraged him to actually follow his passion. And, you know, once his true goal is to stay true to what he believed in, to read that Bible, even though he didn't like to go to what they call the black church, white church. <laughs> and I had to get a doubt of what he even talking about, but I understood it as far as like what he was going through, but how he stayed true to that Bible reading and going to church and that foundation that he loved. And that's the, that's, those are the memory moments that I take away from this book. Okay, good, good. did you have a, um, a moment or a part that really stood out to you? Yeah, um, going back to the faith-based stuff, you know, I was all in it when he was talking about going to church all the time. I was like, <laughs> now I thought I went to church. But if you've ever been to an African service or African worship service, mm -hmm. it is long. And they were going to church multiple times a week at yes. different places. I was just like, and his mom had such a, um, you know, Jesus is going to do this Jesus. But when mm -hmm. you understand her, you know, he talked about his mom eating dirt growing up. I was just like, man, like that's poor, poor. Like you can't get no poor than you eat dirt and um, how her affection for the Lord. And she always wanted to make sure she was at church. And the incident that stood out in my mind was about when the car wouldn't start. And he was like, that's God telling us we don't need to go to church. And she was like, no, that's the devil saying that he's trying to keep us from Jesus. We need to go. And then they get into a car and hitchhiking, trying to get to church. And the man, um, how she had to push Trevor out of the car because um, the man was going to kill them. And it was just like, and they just went on to church like nothing was happening. And I'm like, I would have been like, I'm going home. I just got to get myself together. His and his mom was still, I mean, he said his brother didn't get any scratches. She balled him up, you know, flew him out the car. Trevor had sleep running, you know, and he talked about how he and his mom used to have to run all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it was so much trauma and so many different situations, but that one was the one that stood out to me um, the most. Cause it was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're just, and we're going to keep going. Kind of like when she got shot, same thing. And we're just going to keep going, you know? Just resilient <laughs> or cra right. being crazy or resilient. I don't know which one. <laughs> Both. I've right. never seen it on that level. That was another level. Me, me. either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. So the the story and him kind of detailing of his mother being shot by her her husband, ex-husband, was definitely crazy. Um a lot of stuff leading up to it was was wild, like Maria just mentioned. I mean, them having to jump out of a moving car because they were afraid that they may get killed or kidnapped. Um, but the the shooting story was just it, it's just unbelievable. Like it's even for him to tell the story of his mom being shot and he, you know, thinking that she's about to die. I mean, he, he's concerned about her well being. And the hospital's like, look, are you even willing to pay this bill because she may not live? And they were 
almost kind of discouraging him because he didn't she didn't have insurance. So I mean that was definitely just one of those stories that was just amazing. And and like Isaiah mentioned, the fact that you know a few days later she was able to walk out of the hospital. I mean it it missed all major arteries. It didn't you know damage her brain. The bullet literally came out of her nose. And the fact that you know her her ex husband was pulling the trigger and it was like bullets are just falling out of the gun and it was misfiring and like it didn't it should not have happened that way but just the fact that she was able to walk away from that situation uh, and survive was just kind of crazy to me but on a lighter note so again you know Trevor he's an 80s baby so I can definitely relate to that so even him in the technology phase of he was a CD man so he was burning CDs all across South Africa and he was DJing parties so I can definitely relate to that part um, it was cool to hear him like being one of the first people with a computer, you know, in that area and getting a CD burner or him, uh, even kind of the power of influence. I mean, how, you know, things we kind of take for granted here in the United States, mm -hmm. you know, but him going to eat McDonald's, like that was such a huge thing for them in South Africa. So um, there were definitely some traumatic events and stories that he kind of made light of, but there were a lot of lighter moments as well of you know him just having fun growing up um even going back and forth with his mom and kind of arguing i thought it was cool how they wrote letters back and forth uh between each other so she would to him to do chores or whatever and he would write letters saying why he shouldn't do his chores or what it does that he's already done them so it was a it was a lot of good moments throughout the book like i said definitely a lot of trauma definitely some just wild and crazy stories but at the same time um, he was able to kind of find humor in them and, and present things in a, in a manner that wasn't so just overwhelming. So, all right, Kim, did you have a, a particular story or a moment that really just resonated with you as you're reading or listening to this book? Well, I just have a, a story I thought that was funny. He was talking about when he was little and he didn't want to go outside to use the bathroom. And he's with his great grandma, so he oh, used the bathroom on the inside. <laughs> oh, and then she smelled it. She didn't know he was there. So then she thought it was a demon, the spirits and stuff, and how it went from the family to the neighbors, everybody coming over to the house trying to pray, get the spirits out. And he in the circle praying himself like two hours and stuff to get the spirit out. I just thought that was a funny story. So that stuck out to me yeah that was a good one so yeah yeah this is definitely a good book and even like i kind of mentioned i mean some of the similarities we have here in the states you know talking about the kind of religious aspect but some of those unique things that are kind of unique to their culture um and just hearing those stories where where uh, yeah it was, it was interesting and good so definitely a good book in my opinion <clears throat> all right so we kind of talked on a little kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, and again, it's, it's crazy. You know, we read books in the past and we've talked about kind of the history um, of our country here in the United States and just, you know, the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. We've read a lot of historical figures um, in their kind of journey to find uh, equality within the United States. But to hear the perspective of like South Africa is uh i mean you you can definitely see the similarities but it's it's is very different as well so the whole apartheid movement which is you know essentially just you know legalized segregation you had a minority party of people ruling the majority 
and breaking things out and strictly based on your color. You know, you, you literally had black, white, and colored, and people fit into those categories and that determined kind of your standing, you know, within that within that country. So I um, just kind of want to get you guys' thoughts and opinions on that. And even if you, I guess, you know, picked up on any similarities you know, here in the United States, but how familiar were you with the whole apartheid uh, kind of standard within South Africa prior to reading this book? And did you, even while reading this book, did you learn anything new that you weren't familiar with um, as you were reading and, and kind of learning about Trevor's life experience? And I'm gonna come to L'Oreal on this one. Did you uh, did you gain any new insight? Did uh, you learn anything about? I think you kind of touched on it when we first started about learning more about the apartheid movement. But um, yeah, kind of give us your your perspective on that. Um, well, in my mind, once again going back to segregation in the states, I just was thinking it was kind of along those lines. Um, but with what he was talking about, it was tribe against tribe. In addition to, you know, the white settlers that had come in. It was just like everybody was against each other in a lot mm -hmm. of different ways. And he talked about his mom being, I think he said, Pasa uh, from whatever. And th their women were more um, vocal and weren't as, you know. Um, and so, like, when they got in the car with the guy, he was from another tribe and he didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like violence against each other in addition to the violence against those who had come in. So... It was just, I hearing him talk about it, I felt so ignorant. You know, and I'm mm -hmm. a Nelson Mandela fan and I love hearing his speeches and all the things that have happened, but I just didn't know it was that deep and how he was talking about they were burned bodies and how he would have to pass by those bodies some days. And, you know, and I'm like, what? You know, are they're doing this now? Like, this is, in, this is when I was growing up. We're not that much difference in age, so... It just made me feel so just ignorant is what I really felt because I I just didn't understand that it was that deep. So, um, but yeah, and even with him being a mixed child and how his mom would have to walk ahead of him, you know, just the culture of the 80s and 90s. I'm like, what? Was it like 1940? <laughs> when you hear him talk, it's just, I, I just couldn't imagine it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So for me, I was somewhat familiar with the whole apartheid movement. <laughs> to Laria's point, you know, I think we all are familiar in the States, you know, about Nelson Mandela, you know, him being a political prisoner and being freed and then later becoming the, the president of South Africa. Um, I also gained a greater insight. Like I said, I, I, I did visit. South Africa a few years ago. And so I went to uh, went to Johannesburg in Cape Town. So I spent about two weeks over there. And so actually going to like the apartheid museums there and literally seeing some of the prison that the political prisoners were in. Um, I visited Robbins Island. Like I, I saw the cell that Mandela was in and was really just in awe of some of the things they went through purely based on the fact that they didn't agree with this system that people should be separated based on the color of their skin. And, and people were literally put in prison for these things. Um, 
So I, I definitely gained a greater appreciation for really just the struggle of people and, and black people across this world. Because like mm-hmm. I said, we were very familiar with how things were here in the United States. Um, you know, we, we talked about it on previous episodes as far as civil rights and hearing kind of the stories of our great leaders and some of the trials and tribulations that they've gone through. But to also see and realize that similar activities or even worse activities were happening in other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And so I was familiar with the apartheid movement. Um, visiting South Africa definitely expanded my awareness and knowledge about it as well. And even hearing Trevor's perspective and some of his tribulations as far as just growing up in it was also eye-opening. Like I said, the fact, and Laria kind of mentioned it, he literally couldn't walk with his mother or his father because like, they could be thrown in jail by him being, being a biracial child. Like She would have to find clever ways of being out in public with him um, mm-hmm. because it was literally a crime. You know, he would go visit his grandmother and couldn't play with the other kids. It was always a fear of being taken. So just, and all of these things were a part of that whole movement that it's just crazy to think that this is, this was his reality. And again, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. We're talking about in the 80s and the 90s. So, Correct. Yeah, it's just crazy. All right, Kim, do you have any input? Um, or did you learn anything new about just South Africa and this whole apartheid movement reading this book? Um, the, both you and Laria touched on what I was going to say. So it's just <laughs> with me, I know growing up, I heard about apartheid and like my knowledge, I knew it was kind of like segregation, you know, in the United States and then like Nelson Mandela and that that's basically as far as my knowledge went, but just reading a book and like you were saying how, um, just being biracial, like how he couldn't walk with his mom and the lens they had to go to like hide him and how he had to be isolated. He couldn't play with the kids. Like, I don't even think it was like that, you know, in America and seg- you know, segregation, like how he would just get like, if you're outside, you can get like scooped up and just taken away. Like that was crazy to me thinking about that. So that's something that um, I thought about. It also just uh, thought it was interesting how there they called um, those who are biracial colored because you know here it was like colored you black but mm-hmm. they were considered color- colored in South Africa so I thought that was right. interesting but just the lengths um, they had to go to hide him and keep him safe um, mm-hmm. that was just eye opening for me gotcha yeah alright finishing up with my brother man what did you learn anything new about apartheid um, did this book kind of enlighten you on this whole aspect of really just segregation and, 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 and kind of the system that was put in place during that mm-hmm. time period in South Africa. Okay. Um, before I started, you know, with reading this book as well, too, I kind of had a little glimpse of the subject with apartheid. Um, you know, when you think about it, you, you, you think about that it was happening so long ago and it just happened and it just stayed there in the 60s and the 70s. And you want to feel like you're so far removed from it. But I actually picked up and read the book. Um, I think Nelson Mandela's book, Long Walk to Freedom. And I think uh, Coretta Scott King touched on it as well as too in her memoir. But when I actually gained a new perspective when listening to Trevor talk about his experience with apartheid, it actually hit because I actually saw it through a different lens. This is like you all said earlier, this is somebody closer to my age. I mean, 
me growing up in the 80s and the 90s and I have to hide, you know, I have to hide in fields and consider that I can't even go out because I'm a mixed or biracial person like that is totally was like weird and you know not i want to say weird but totally unnormal to what we face here in america as well too and you know like you said earlier like you know you're going out ahead his mom had basically had to hide him and he can't walk with his mom and his dad like a normal child where should do in the park here as well too and one one parent got to walk early and even for like his mom because him and his mom were not the same complexion and they had to actually have another person to go out into the park and play with trevor while his mom stayed close I'm like, but that's his, that's her child. That's her baby. Why she can't do go out there naturally have that a relationship with her child? And it was like, it was wild to realize it was just that deep. It was just not black versus white, but you all were saying like it was tribe versus tribe. I'm like, I didn't know apartheid was actually, you know, that that segregated too. You know, I actually got that lens and got that different perspective with somebody closer to my age. And I actually related to that once Trevor gave his story. And I think, you know, this book gave a great, glimpse of what apartheid was for him growing up so you know i went into research mode as well too and this actually just ended in 1994 this has only been 19 years ago and just realized how much this country of south africa not just south africa but africa as a nation as a continent has actually uh came over and you know pushed forward in those last 19 years i didn't realize it was just that short of a distance that this actually had just got abolished and you know I have to I have to do more research on it. So I I actually learned a lot, you know, getting from Trevor's perspective as well too. It just opened my eyes to you know what he was actually facing as not just as a child, but just growing up. Period in that in that period of time. Yeah, that's good. And like you mentioned, I mean, you know, we talk about Nelson Mandela. I mean, he was literally in prison for twenty seven years because he was a, a part of the anti-apartheid movement. I mean, he didn't get out of prison until nineteen ninety. And like I said, this this is not that long ago. ago. Yeah. And just to think <laughs> about those, the institution of segregation, you know, based on you know your your color, your skin color alone. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. But look, I'm definitely, I definitely love South Africa. You guys get a chance, go visit. Uh, you made me want to go now. I want to go see the motherland. It, 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 it was a wonderful feeling to be in Johannesburg. It was awesome to go to Soweto. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw Mandela's house there. Like I said, I went okay. to, I went to uh, Cape Town. I went to Robbins Island, the mm-hmm. prison that he was in. Um, beautiful country. Beautiful mm-hmm. country. So they definitely have gone through a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. don't let that discourage you from from going to the motherland, so uh, it's one of my 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 favorite countries there that I visited so far. So, all right, so look, we just wrapped up our review and discussion about "Born a Crime" by Trevor Noah. Um, well received amongst four friends in the book. So, if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely go pick up the book. It's deep now. It's he got some 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 troubling situations, but he definitely. Um, is lighthearted about it. He's a comedian, so he he definitely has a good spin, even of these difficult and tough situations that he's gone through. So, um, if you haven't read it, definitely pick it up. Again, Audible is always a, a great option, and he actually is, does a narration on the Audible version. So, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Look, we got what? Yeah, eight point five, eight 
eights, nines, tens. So he, he tops here over here on our side. So definitely go check it out. All right. So look, we've been on a little break on here on Four Friends in the Book, and a lot has happened. So, you know, we, we had a little had a little sabbatical here. We hadn't had those, you know, our little in-depth discussions about current events and topics. And so a lot has happened since our, our last episode in season three. So just wanted to kind of hear you guys thoughts and opinions about some of the things that have taken place since our last episode, you know, kind of things that have stood out to you, um, you know, whether it's in sports, politics, entertainment, the news, like any, anything that may be uh, just going on right now that you want to kind of, kind of touch on. So, yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna let uh, who wanna, who wanna tackle this, this first? Who's itching to jump on? It? I'll go. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, you ready for me? Yeah. Do you think? I was like, "Oh, you ready for me? You ready?" I was gonna let you finish, but two words or maybe one. Prime time. I am excited about my boy Deion Sanders. I'm excited about my quarterback Shador Sanders. I'm excited about Shiloh Sanders, the Colorado Boulder, a uh, Boulder, Colorado, the Buffaloes. I am so excited about the team, what he's doing, what it represents. I'm glad to see him being elevated and just kind of coming up the ranks with his kids. I'm excited about him being a great father, being so positive. I mean, mm-hmm. I listen to Dion and get motivated in the morning to go to work. <laughs> he is He has the gift of encouragement and motivation. And I'm just so excited for him and for all those people who thought that he would not be able to make it and do a great job. He has been stellar. His attitude is good. He so represent he represents the African American male so well in that position. He's done an excellent job so far. And I just I just love it all. I am a Deion Sanders fanatic, have always been that. And I'm so excited too because I've seen his whole journey with him being with different teams and playing. And you know, it's just even when he was with the Falcons and all that. So I've been able to see his journey and I just love it. I think it's amazing. And I am just sold on Colorado. I'll probably wear a Colorado shirt next time on Four Friends in a book because I'm all in. I'm all the way there. All the way there. Okay. That's what's up. Look, <laughs> hey, Dion, look, Four Friends rocking with you, man. Send us some tickets, man. We want to come check out a game. Look, I'm going. Yes. I'm going for real. <laughs> and my pastor was all over ESV. We, we, we saw your pastor. <laughs> and Wu-Tang. <laughs> and Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Pull up in their private boy. jet. Look, that's my boy. If I see Shannon Sharp, that's like, I'm freaking out. Literally. I love him, too. So, yeah. That's what's up. So, yeah, Isaiah, any anything that's going on in the last few months that you really, like, look, don't go into your rant. I know you got one stage rant, so don't, <laughs> so don't go there yet. But anything that's going on on the last few months that you really want to kind of touch on uh, since we've kind of been on our, on our little sabbatical here on Four Friends in the Book. And I'm, I'm going to keep it really light, even though it's a heavy subject. I just am so proud and elated what Fanny Willis is actually doing in Atlanta. She is actually making justice. She is actually making headway. I appreciate that she is keeping justice at the forefront and what she's doing, what she's able to accomplish. And I give you so many kudos. And there's so many people that are just standing behind her and just rooting for her and just thank 
thank you for a person like her who actually is integrity first and always and just keeping her faith into the justice that she's going to actually pursue that justice to the end. So I thank you and we just praise you and we just doing everything that we can keep her uplifted. All right. Thought that boy about to go into a little sermon. No, right no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We said we had to keep it light. I had to keep, keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Kim. What about you? Uh, anything that's just happened that's really stood out that you want to speak on over the last few um, months? I'm gonna stay in the sports arena like a Loria, but I just want to talk about you know the black girl magic in, in sports with Shakari and track. You know, whipping off the the wig. She's she's not um, she's not back. She's better. You got Simone Biles breaking the records in uh, gymnastics. Still, you got Coco with the tennis. So I just I just Hello, really have enjoyed the black girl magic with the sports while we were on break. So that's all I got to say. I love Coco. Good. Good. <clears throat> I love it. So yeah, as you guys can see, look, four friends in the book, we read books, but we're not always about books. We like to talk about things that are going on, mm -hmm. you know, within the sports arena, politics, entertainment as well. So yeah, we, we, we're around it over here on four friends in the book. So yeah, good. All right. So you know what time it is. Our favorite segment of the show. It wouldn't be a show without it. We call it the rants. <laughs> 60 seconds uninterrupted from none other than my brother, Mr. Isaiah T. Speaking from the heart. Like we never know what we're getting. We don't contest it. We don't debate it. But he just speaks whatever's on his mind for 60 seconds. So my brother, starting off season four. The floor is yours right now, man. Starting now, go. Mr. Leonard Mack was exonerated nearly five decades after he was wrongfully convicted of rape in March 1976. New DNA testing and crime scene evidence found by the Innocent Project proved Mr. Matt did not commit the crime, and Mr. Matt's wrongful conviction is the longest to be overturned based on new DNA evidence. Have y'all noticed a pattern of victims of these outrageous, wrongful convictions that are eventually overturned after innocent men have served decades behind bars? It's hard to wrap your head around how bad this is, that systems fail people and refuse to acknowledge it or even make it right. The worst thing about being falsely accused of something you didn't do is that you lost time that you'll never get back. Mr. Mack will find a world so different than what he was removed from more than 50 years ago. No amount of money can compensate for the years and decades of freedom lost, opportunities denied, and the mental and emotional pain suffered through his time in prison. And that's that on that. That's good. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a story. And, and we this isn't the first time we've heard of this, you know, where DNA evidence Correct. has been found and people that have been wrongly or falsely in prison are set free and i just i i can only imagine the feeling and the thoughts of knowing that you're innocent but sitting in a jail cell for something that, for a crime that you didn't commit so yeah brother we appreciate your rent always man for educating us and keeping us up to date on Thank things you. that are going on all right so just wrapped up our book our season opener for season four born a crime by trevor noah had our discussion about things that have just kind of been going on in the few months that we've been off, mm -hmm. catching up on sports and politics, 
Look, we waiting on Dion to send us some tickets. So look, hey, <laughs> we Dion, we, we need that. <laughs> and my boy just killed this rant as always. So Isaiah, tell them what we have coming up. Tell them about the book for next month. Guys, first we want to thank you for joining us for our season four of our Four Friends in the Book podcast. We have a list of bangles that we're going to bring to you this season, but our next book is going to be The Heaven and the Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Lorel, please tell the viewers when they can tune in. You guys can tune in every third Thursday of every month at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here, wherever you're watching it. <laughs> or wherever you're listening at and on social media make sure to like us on Facebook mm-hmm. and follow us on Instagram um, to keep up with us and also if you're a fan of this podcast leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast so we can see that you love it and other people can see it too mm-hmm. yes, yes indeed yes, as, guys, as always we thank you for your support for continuing to rock with the and let's continue to read, let's learn, let's grow. Let's have a discussion right here on Four Friends in the Book. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.